blessed with that testimony. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. So while Guada was uh, sharing, I was reminded of um, the word from Isaiah 48. And it says, from 17, I will, lead, uh, I will read from 17, Isaiah 48, verse 17. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to, what does it say there? Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you how to profit. It is the Lord that teaches us how to profit. So if you're a business person or whatever, even if you're not a business person, profit means what? Increase, right? So it is the, He is the one that teaches us to increase. And how? who leads you by the way you should go. This is why, you know, we've been telling or saying that when we are led by God, everything, you know, you know, the, the God, God is a God of increase and abundance. So for, for us to be able to experience the abundance and, and uh, increase that God promised through his word, it doesn't come easy. It doesn't come overnight, but it takes a lot of discipline. It also takes a lot of uh, God. Actually, like, you know, even if sometimes when God gives you direction, it seems like it's not, uh, it's not possible. It's unreasonable. But that's how God works. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. So it's very clear in the Bible that God is the one who teaches us. He's give, he gives us direction. And who leads you by the way you should go. Then verse 18, it's another condition on how uh, we can meet or experience the fullness, the ex experience the increase and prosperity uh, that God promised us through his word is that you have heeded my commandments. Again, obedience to the word of God. Then your peace would have been like a river. Your peace would have been like a river. Your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Praise God. You know, uh, God, God doesn't want us to live in the state of fear. He wants us to live continuously in the state of peace. And the Bible also says that he will keep those, he will keep in perfect peace those whose mind are upon him. So it's very important to, uh, you know, to, to understand or to know where your focus is every day. When you focus on your circumstances, when you focus on what you do not have, when you focus on what you are lacking instead of focusing on what the word of God says about you. Not about other people, but about you. Take it, when you read the Bible, take it personal. Take it as your word from God. The word is speaking to you. God is speaking to you through the Holy Spirit. So when you see, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that's not just the Apostle Paul speaking. That is you. You need to um, read it and then speak it, confess it. Confess it to the point that you can see yourself standing up strong until you see the word of God becomes a picture, an image into your spirit. You will never, um, you know, you will never go beyond it, right? What you can see, what, 
what you see is where you're gonna be led to go. You cannot go somewhere that you do not see. So if you don't, if you if you hear the word of God today, like I said, you do, you need to um, listen to it over and over and over and over again. That's the reason why I encourage you to take notes because. I will be giving verses, or though whoever shares, see, there's always gonna be Bible verses that are being um, uh, uh, give out to you guys, and so it is your responsibility to look at the Word again, right? Faith does not come only on Sundays. Faith, don't expect to have faith, or don't expect your faith to increase if you only hear the Word of God on Sundays. If you are only opening your Bibles on Sundays or uh, Bible meetings and expect that your faith grows, you are wrong. Okay? The faith comes by hearing, hearing, and hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. That means active listening to the Word of God every day. You see it yourself, you read it yourself, and you meditate it until it becomes an image in your spirit in Jesus name yep so today you know i have i have that um i had that experience to i every now and then it kicks in right um like i i can become familiar with the preacher i can become familiar with the message i can become familiar with the songs even like in praise and worship you can become familiar because you know it you just don't get involved with it but the more we get involved in what we are doing here, like especially now with online service, um, you have to uh, see yourself involved. Like you're there at church, you are there with 50 people, uh, the music team are, is in front of you, even though you just see uh, Pastor Larry here with no um, drums and other instruments, but you're there, you're, you're, you're involving yourselves. You're, you are there, you're, you're probably not there physically, but your spirit is there. So when you hear the songs, when you uh, hear the word of God and it speaks to you and you agree with it, be involved. Even if you're just there in your lounge room, you're in the kitchen or you're in bedroom, wherever you're watching this live streaming now, you're involving yourselves. You you get engaged. And when you get engaged, that's when you are always, you are going to receive from God because you're engaging, right? You When you watch a movie or watch uh, a sports event and you're not engaged you don't get excited right you just watch everyone else is shouting everyone else is screaming everyone else is you know um uh lifting their hands and you're just there looking because you are not engaged so we need to get engaged right you need to get engaged in the spirit and and be able to to um uh, receive from the word of god don't become familiar you, what I'm going to share with you is probably you've um, heard it uh, many times from someone else or somewhere, but don't get familiar with the Word of God. Go, don't get familiar with the with with people that preaches the Word of God because every every day the Word of God is fresh, yeah. and there's always gonna be something uh, God wants to give to you personally, not for when I when you hear a word you just say oh that's for my husband that's for my wife. No, it's for you. Okay, so take it. Receive it. Open heart. Okay, so let's pray. And say this, Lord, give me eyes that see. Give me ears that hear. Give me heart that receive. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're in the subject of I am a soul winner. Amen. I am a soul winner. I am a soul winner. From the time that I got saved, it's never a question in my life that I wanted to be a soul winner because that's all I saw. That's all I, I understand what, what, the, what the purpose of my life was, right? Um, I was saved not because of um, fearing that I'm going to hell. I was saved not because of fearing that um, I will be eternally damned, right? But I was saved because of the love of God. So I know that there are different um, ways God spoke to us and the different uh, ways where, where how we got saved. But I was saved because of the love of God. So uh, that time I didn't even, I don't remember hearing about uh, hell. But praise God, that's a good subject also. But what I'm going to share is uh, we are so we now. So we all know that the Bible tells us that the Lord's coming and uh, no one can know the hour and the time of the Lord's coming. But I know that you will agree with me that his coming is very close. With the things that we are seeing right now, uh, uh, he's, like his coming is very close. He will come sooner than most of us expect. Okay. However, the events of his coming will happen in divine order as God has outlined for us in the scriptures. Okay, so we need to look at the scriptures once again so that we cannot be deceived. Because many people will say, here is Christ, there is Christ. And Christ said, no, you have to look at the Bible, the signs, right? But there's a sign that Jesus gave actually in Matthew 24, 14. He said, the gospel of the kingdom and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached or proclaimed in other translation, will be preached or proclaimed in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then what happened? And then the end will come. So the sign of his coming or the, the sign of the end is the preaching of the kingdom of God, the declaration, the preaching, the proclamation of the kingdom of God. And I praise God for the, you know, allowing us to learn and to know uh, the kingdom of God. Amen. Not so many people or believers understand what the kingdom of God is, the, their citizenship, who they are in Christ. And that, that's mostly what Christians struggles. Uh, but praise the Lord. We have the Bible. We have the Holy Spirit, our teacher, that leads us to teach and lead us to find out what is what we need to understand and know, right? To live successfully, to live abundantly, to live victoriously in this, in this life on earth. You don't wait to go to heaven to be victorious. You don't wait to go to heaven to be healed. You don't wait to go to heaven to be successful. You don't wait to go to heaven to fulfill your dream. You don't need that in heaven. Everything is perfect in heaven. You need to live abundantly here. You need to experience the abundant life here. You need to live healthy here, like healed here, uh, free from, free from uh, torment and, and oppression of the enemy here, not in heaven. Because there's no sickness in heaven. Okay? So we need the kingdom of God, the understanding of kingdom of God to me is big. We need to study it more. Um, for Sundays of teaching you guys, for me, it's not enough. 
but um, it's really an eye opener to see who I am, understand who I am, really I who I am in Christ, not based on my past, not based on my history, not based on what people says about me, not based on my social status, but based on what God says. So we need to study more the kingdom of God. And but anyway, but because that's part of what I'm going to share. So the events of his coming will happen in divine order as God has outlined for us in the scripture. First will come the latter rain, the latter rain, which is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Then after the latter rain comes the harvest, right? The outpouring of the Holy Spirit, harvest, and then finally the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there is an urgent call to every Christian to be involved in this glorious task of reaping the harvest so that he can come for his bride, the church. Jesus is very clear. Until this kingdom of the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven or the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all the nation, then the end will come. As a nation, we are at the crossroads of our destiny in God and our current path into decline. So we can see what's happening, like society is declining. There is a, there is a decline with moral, morality of people. There is a decline with mental uh, status of people. You know, um, suicide is increasing. The rate of depression is increasing. The rate of divorce is increasing. The rate of, of uh, murder and stuff like that is increasing. That's not all in the kingdom. That's not part of the kingdom. That is the kingdom of darkness. Remember, we are into, we are into two different kingdoms, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God. These are two opposing kingdoms. And that's why God releases us, give us the commandment, the, 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 what's this, the, the commandment to be in, to be in dominion, authority, rulership of the kingdom of this earth, right? Um, manifest the kingdom of God through our lives. Uh, manifest the kingdom of God through our lifestyle, through our words, through our dealings with people. Amen. So are we going to obey the true and living God as our forefathers did and go forth and reap the harvest? Or are we to reject God and his purposes and ultimately perish in disaster and defeat? You know, God gives nations a choice. If you see, if you look at the Old Testament, he gives nations choices. And my message to the Church of Jesus Christ in Australia is this. We must choose to serve the Lord faithfully and diligently as laborers in this harvest. We must choose the, to serve the Lord faithfully and diligently as laborers in this harvest. Amen. You may agree with me or you may not agree with me, but I do believe that we are now facing the great harvest. We are in the great harvest. The great harvest is not coming. The great harvest is here now. Amen. So what is the harvest? What is the harvest? In the spiritual sense, the harvest is the last great in gathering of people from all nations all over the world into God's kingdom at the close of this age. This is the harvest. Harvest is the last in gathering of people from all nations from all over the world into God's kingdom at the close of this age. It is the result of much work, much sowing, much labor, much sacrifice, and much planning of people before us. 
people before us has dedicated, sacrificed themselves. Some of them died as martyrs to to um, to what's that word? Um, to till the ground, prepare the ground for us, sow the seeds for us, so that now that we are the new generation, we are the people that we are to reap what they have sown. Some of them didn't even see what they what the uh, the the the, har the harvest or the the result of their sowing, but we are we are going to gather it. We are going to reap the seeds that has been sown, the lives that has been given, the prayers, the intercessors of people before us, of men and women, great men and women who plunder, who who is prepared the way for us, till the ground for us, make the ground easy for us so that we can we can just pluck in the, the harvest, right? So, but ultimately the harvest cannot happen unless God sends the latter rain, which is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So there is a climax to which everything moves forward in agriculture. That climax is harvest. What every farmer looks forward to is harvest. They work hard. They work hard to till the ground. They work hard to sow the seed. Everyone else, when it's time, when it's time to do that, you know, they, they really take time. They, 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 don't, they even lose sleep. They have to make sure that the ground is ready, that the, the soil is ready for, for the seed to be sown. But when the harvest comes, everyone else becomes busy. Everyone else wants to take part because no one can be lazy when the harvest is there. Is there. When the harvest comes. So everything that is done is done for the sake of the harvest. Everything that the farmer does, it's done for the sake of the harvest. Because they are looking to the harvest. Right? They might be seeing an empty land, but all they see is the harvest. Okay? This is true in the spiritual realm. Open my eyes, Lord, that I may see. We need to have spiritual insight. Right? Okay? So don't get distracted because this is really important. That's how I receive the call to preach the gospel. God has to show me multitudes of people. God has to show me the world, the globe, with people crying out to God. And when God showed me that, I had the passion to save and to, you know, to take the souls, uh, that, to, to save the souls in Jesus' name. So this is true in the spiritual realm. The harvest is primary is the primary purpose to which all of the activities of God are directed. Everything that God has done in the past and God has done, is doing now, and God will continue to do in our midst, it's all for the sake of the harvest. Okay? Jesus himself pointed this out in a simple but important statement. In Matthew 13, 39, Jesus said, the harvest is the end of the age. Matthew 13, 39, Jesus said, the harvest is at the end of the age. Basically, what this means is that all the events and process that had happened in the church for nearly 2,000 years have been ultimately directed toward this climate harvest. Do you get that? Did you understand that? So everything that has happened in the past, everything that the church went through and have done in the past, uh, the church for nearly 2,000 years have ultimately directed toward this cli climate, which is harvest. That's why we are so blessed. We, we are so blessed because God has chosen us to be in this time, this generation. 
that we are the one that will reap the harvest. Amen. Amen. So one important principle that runs all through the word of God that we need to realize is this. Rain is always given for the sake of the harvest. Okay? One important principle that we, that we see from the word of God, we need all to realize is this. Rain is always given for the sake of the harvest. We know from many scripture that the former rain and the latter rain are biblical principles of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The church age began with a major outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 2, right? The church age began at the outpouring, major outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that is in Acts chapter 2. And do you know that it is closing with a major outpouring of the Holy Spirit? It is closing. We will see. We are seeing it now. People all over the world are having visitations of God, visitations of angels, Jesus showing showing himself through dreams, through visions. You know, we are seeing this happening. The places, uh, uh, nations or places that I cannot even imagine that can be, that will be, that are possible to be reached by the gospel are now being reached by the gospel. You never know. Those people that used to, they never heard about Jesus Christ. They are now hearing about Jesus Christ. So we, 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 we are in this time of great harvest of souls. But rain is always given for the sake of the harvest. If we don't realize that, the rain, that rain is given for the sake of the harvest, then we will miss the purposes of God. We will miss it, okay? So let me see. Let, let's go to Joel chapter 1. I, I hope I can finish this. Joel chapter 1. Okay, there's a chapter one of Joel is about the desolation, and then chapter two is restoration, and chapter three is the judgment. So in chapter one, verse 12, it says, The vine has dried up, the fig tree has withered, the pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, and the apple tree. All the trees of the field are withered. Surely joy has withered away from the sons of men. Why? Verse 10, the field is wasted, the land mourns, for the grain is ruined, the new wine is dried up, the oil fails. Verse 11, be ashamed, you farmers, wail, you vine dressers, for the wheat and the barley, because the harvest of the field has perished. Who is to blame for the desolation? The farmers. Because they are what? Be ashamed, you farmers. Wail, you vine dressers, for the wheat and the barley, because the harvest of the field has perished. Because they have neglected, they ignored what God says. They ignored the call of God. The harvest that's supposed to happen dried up. You could see it there. The field is wasted, the land mourns, the grain is ruined, the new wine is dried up, the oil fails. The vine has dried up, the fig tree has withered. So despite of God calling people, despite of God speaking to people and saying, here, there is a harvest here. There is a reason why you are saved. There is a reason why you are set free. There is a reason why you are healed. There is a reason why you are studying this word. 
right? You are not just to be a fattened calf that, that's just waiting for God to come and wait for his coming and not doing something in his vineyard. So this is what happened. There was a desolation that happened because the farmers, as we can see in verse 11, they didn't do anything. They didn't give heed to what God says. Amen. And now in second chapter of Joel, that's where we see the restoration. Restoration. Let's start with verse 23. Praise God that even if there are people that doesn't hear or doesn't give heed to the voice of the Holy Spirit, God still has people that, re that answers his call. God has people that answers his call. And I believe Harvest Now Church is a church that is filled with people that answers the call of God. Amen. Into the harvest field. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That has been our passion. That has been our mission. That has been our heart. And that is to see soul saved. Most of you, couples, most of you come to, came to this ministry, came to know the Lord Jesus Christ because we led you to the Lord. And that is the that you were in the harvest field. But you were, you were ripe to be harvested. You gave your life to Jesus. Amen. What, what, what does it, uh, you know, you can have all the good things in this life, you know, and you keep it to yourself and you have no, you have not done anything for the kingdom. That is really sad, right? It's sad. If you have everything in this life, God bless you. God bless you with uh, material things. God bless you with finances. God bless you with good health. God bless you with good family relationship. And you're not doing anything to let someone know. Then I believe that is the saddest, saddest, uh, saddest person I could say I would meet, right? But I know nothing. No one like it, no one is like that in Harvest now. Amen. So in verse 23, chapter 2 of Joel, the Bible says, Be glad then, you children of Zion. You look at verse uh, 11 of chapter 1. He said, Be ashamed, you farmers. Imagine God saying that to us. Be ashamed, you farmers. Wail, you vine dressers. But God has people that, re that answers, that answers back to him and say, Lord, here we are, okay? And in verse 23, he said, Be glad, then, you children of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God. There is joy in serving the Lord. There is joy in serving the Lord. Amen. Rejoice in the Lord your God. Could it be the reason why people has no joy in their life is because they are in not serving the Lord? That's just a, pass that's a possibility based on the word, right? Amen. So if you want joy, Right? You don't need to spend money to, to buy alcohol or cigarettes or whatever. Right? To make you happy, serve the Lord. Amen. He, there is rejoice in the Lord your God, for He has given you the former rain faithfully. And He will cause the rain to come down for you. Right? That is His promise. Those that are working and serving the Lord, those that are faithfully, diligently committed to the Lord, God will give you the rain faithfully. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. In the first month. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. That means no waiting season. It will keep on flowing. It will keep on flowing. Coming to you. What? Amen. Rain, rain signifies abundance. Rain signifies life. Rain signifies fresh, freshness. 
right? When I'm driving here, this, this, the rain started to, to come and it's flowing now. And I said, wow, that's just like confirming what I'm going to share. So anyway, the threshing floor shall be full of wheat. The threshing floor shall be full of wheat. You know that threshing floor there signifies the church. The threshing floor shall be full of souls. And the vats shall overflow with new wine and new oil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. New wine and oil. Anointing. How can God anoint someone that does not go out to preach the gospel? Right? How can God anoint someone if you're not going to use it? Useless, right? The anointing is for service. Right? The anointing is for service. So quit asking God to anoint you if you're not willing to go out. Quit asking God to anoint you if you are not willing to serve. God will not anoint you if you are not willing to serve because anointing is for service. God didn't give us anointing or God does not anoint us to make us popular. God does not anoint us to make us, uh, you know, popular in TikTok, popular in podcast, popular in Facebook or Instagram. God does not do that. God anoints his people for service. Amen. Because he knows we are limited. We cannot do it without his power. We cannot do it without his anointing. Amen. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. Amen. It's all coming back to us. God will restore the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust, all types of locust. Amen. Praise God. All type of locust, loco locust. Amen. My great army, which I sent among you, you shall, I like this one, 26, you shall eat in plenty. Woohoo. And be satisfied. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Underline that. Highlight that. Praise God. Hallelujah. When you look at your fridge or you don't have anything and it's empty, go to this word, God, and say, Lord, you said I shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God. Hallelujah. Who has dealt wondrously with you and my people who are his people. We are his people. You are his people. Amen. You carry his name. Hallelujah. My people shall never be put to shame. My people will never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So the rain is very important. The Holy Spirit, the latter rain is very important. What is the purpose of the first rain? The purpose of the first rain is to soften the soil. And the purpose of the latter rain is to germinate the seed that has been sown. Right? In Deuteronomy 11, 10 to 14, the Bible says, for the land which you go to possess is not the, the land of Egypt from which you have come. Okay, God is speaking to the Hebrew people here. That's after they were set free from Egypt. God is speaking and he said, The land which you go to possess is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come. 
where you sowed your seed and watered it by foot as a vegetable garden. But the land which you cross over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water from the rain of heaven. Verse 12, a land for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. Amen. Praise God. And it says, and it shall be that if you earnestly obey my commandments once again, Hallelujah. And he said, Lord, why is it always there? That's the condition. If you obey his commandments, which I give you today, to love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, look what's going to happen. Then I will give you the rain for your land in its season, that you may gather in your grain, your new wine, and your oil. Woo! Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God is the one who sends the rain. Amen. Amen. God is the one that sends the rain. And he wants us to be abundantly blessed with the rain. Not just, not, not, I'm not talking about the rain, the natural rain, it's spiritual rain. Praise God. The anointing. Do you know that the favor of God to your, in your life can last a life, a lifelong of labor? A moment of favor of God in your life can li can last a life or can outlast a, la a lifelong of labor. When God's favor is over your life, no one can resist it. Amen. No one can resist it. Even like have you have you ever had those experiences where people say, "I don't know why I'm doing this to you, but you know, I don't know why I'm giving you this discount, but you know, that's favor." Just tell them, "Well, I'm favor. Thank you very much. I'm the blessed one." Amen. So God wants us to be in this abundance of rain because for the purpose, remember rain, the rain is for what? Given for the sake of the harvest. Amen. Praise God. Don't, don't forget that. In Acts chapter 2, <clears throat> Acts chapter 2, 16 to 18, when Peter or... I remember the outpouring of the first outpouring or the church, the beginning of the church age. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit happened in Acts chapter 2 and it was early morning and these guys who were just in one room suddenly came out speaking in other language, right? So, of course, the people were surprised, amazed, uh, they're drunk. So, and, and we could see here that they were being mocked. But then Peter, verse 14, it says... Now, actually, let's start with verse 16. He says, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. So you will notice here that Peter goes on to the close of age, which is, he said, it shall come to pass in the last day, says God. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. So I'm old. I've been dreaming. <laughs> And on my main servants, men servants, and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Are we not experiencing it now? Like, are we not seeing this? Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. Verse 20, the sun shall be turned in darkness, the moon into blood, before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. So Peter goes on to the close of the age, relaying what the Lord says he will do. Right? The prophet Joel said the spirit will come 
to church in two major outpourings, the former reign at the beginning of the church age and the latter reign to, to close the church age. That's, that's what is in verse 20. So what we are living in today is the latter reign. The latter reign. This is the last great revival, uh, universal, heaviest outpouring of the Holy Spirit that will ever come in the history of the human race. There's no, remember that time when we spoke about the Holy Spirit? Said that that's, this will be the last outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So I believe we are living in that day now. I believe that we are living in this day of the great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And if that rain had not been given, the harvest could not be gathered in. So again, we ask, what is the harvest? The harvest is the ingathering of people in the kingdom of God. Okay? So bear this in mind because this is an answer that leading up to the question that we are going to deal with next. Here's the question. How can I become effective as a result of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in my life? Right? I believe most of the people in Harvest Now Church has been baptized by the Holy Spirit. So maybe you're asking the same question. How can I become effective as a result of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in my life? The answer is link, linking up, by linking up with God's purpose. Link up with God's purpose for your life. Be connected with God's purpose for your life. We talk about vision. We talk about purpose. So linked up to that purpose. There are two kinds of people who get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay, there are two kinds of people who get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Though there, there are those who understood the reason for the outpouring, and there are those who have not understood that reason. Okay, there are two kinds of people who get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There are those who understood the reason for the out for the outpouring or the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and those and there are those who have not understood that reason. Those that have not understood the reason why they are filled with the Holy Spirit or why they are baptized with the Holy Spirit or why there is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, they keep it to themselves. Right? They keep it, they pray in tongues, they speak in tongues, they sing in tongues, but they keep it to themselves. They become, in too many cases, super spiritual little bless me club. Just bless me, bless me, bless me, Lord, bless me, Lord, bless me, Lord. You know? These are people that meet, prophesy to one another, lay hands on each other, have visions and revelation. Then they say, God bless you, brother. God bless you, sister. Next, see you next week. Those are the people that they have been baptized with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, experienced the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, but kept it to themselves. Because they don't understand the reason why they are filled with the Holy Spirit. You are not just filled with the Holy Spirit just to speak in tongues. You are not filled with the Holy Spirit just to experience goosebumps. Right? You are not um, baptized in the Holy Spirit just for the sake of uh, being included in the Pentecostal in the Pentecostal church. No. And being baptized in the Holy Spirit also does not mean that it's, it's not only for you to feel good about yourself. Right? So when, 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 we, when we understand the reason why we have been filled with the Holy Spirit and baptized with the Holy Spirit, that's when God is able to use it, 
right? So the rain, remember the rain is given for the sake of the harvest. The Holy Spirit is given for the sake of the harvest. It is not given to make super spiritual or to make us super spiritual or especially blessed. The rain of the Holy Spirit is given to make us effective worker in God's harvest. Right? There are other people who had no better education. There are other people who had no better uh, seminary training. There are people that has, you know, just suddenly they just got saved, heard the call of God, and now they are powerfully being used by God. Right? Because they understood the reason why they were be baptized with the Holy Spirit. They understood the reason why there is rain. Rain is for the sake, is given for the sake of the harvest. Right? So how can these people, um, an ed, uneducated, like we see in Acts chapter 2, after this uh, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, Peter, who was, who was a coward, Peter who denied Jesus Christ, and then you know how many people God told uh, Jesus, uh, there were about 5,000 people when Jesus ascended to heaven, right? But in Acts chapter 2, we can only see 120 people. So where are the rest? They all took off. They are scared. They are scared to death. They are fearful, right? So 120 people faithful, diligently waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord, praying, praying, praying. Waiting on the Lord does not mean you have to sit down and wait for something to happen. You have to do something. They were praying. In the Bible, they were praying. They were interceding. They were praising the Lord. And then the day of Pentecost came. Suddenly, a rushing wind, right? That's what happened. You know, when you are waiting on the Lord in prayer, in intercession, don't you think God will show up himself to you? God will do. And this is the reason why I have been encouraging you guys to be part of in prayer, in intercession. Yes, don't wait for someone to pray for you. Be a part of the prayer intercession. And I will tell, I assure you that the moment you get involved in praying and intercession, you will experience like you will be lifted into another level of your spirituality. Amen. Because a person that prays is a person who understands the ways of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm not, I'm not putting down those that are not part of prayer, but I believe that without prayer intercession, this, this, this ministry cannot function at all. Amen? The Holy Spirit moves when His people, when the people of God submit themselves. That's the Bible says, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he shall flee from you. So don't ever think for a moment that you can do the work of God without praying. Don't ever think that you can be successful in your life without including God in every areas of your life. Amen. So these people turned the world upside down. People who are uneducated, people who had not been into seminary trainings. And I'm not saying that you don't need to have education. You don't need to have a seminary training. That's all good. If God called you to do that, God can use you in your university. God can use you in the seminary. Amen. Because how can God use these people? Why? Why can, why? They were able to do that because they realized that the power of the Holy Spirit has been given to them for the sake of the harvest, for the sake of the ingathering of souls for the kingdom of God. The rain is not given to us to make us super spiritual, but it's given to us to gather in the harvest. Do you know the world currently has about 7.9 billion people living on it? 
And I believe without a doubt that God knew all along about the population explosion. Do you think God is not aware of what is happening right now in Australia? Do you think God is not aware of what is happening right now in Blacktown? Do you think God ignores the cries and the, uh, the cries of those people that are being oppressed, that are being sick, that are being tormented by the devil? God never, his ears are always open to the cries of those people. But he called us, the church, to be the voice for, the, for God to speak to them and to lead them to the Lord in Jesus' name. Much of our work before is religious. We bring them to church, but they've never been baptized or they've never been really saved. You don't bring them to church, get them saved. Bring them to the kingdom. Introduce them to the king. Amen. So I believe God has a purpose for it. Imagine if the church start carrying out what the book of Joel says. If the church is gathered out of its little corners and becomes one with Jesus Christ. Filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. Going forth in power. Displaying the kingdom of God in their lifestyle and in their words. The church could see more souls saved in few years than what we have been saved from the time of Jesus until now. Amen. Praise God. I don't want to be a church that just wait for God to come. I want to be a church that is so much involved in the harvest. In Jesus' name. And as long as I'm your pastor, you will be in the harvest. Praise God. Hallelujah. God has already placed his hand on people saying, get ready now, get loose, get detached because the harvest is here now. Amen. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 5. Do I still have time? Plenty? Okay. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 5, 23 to 24. The Bible says, this people has a defiant and rebellious heart. Once again, this is God speaking through the prophet. This people has a defiant and rebellious heart. They have revolted and departed. They do not say in their heart, Let us now fear the Lord our God, who gives rain, both the former and the latter, in its season. He reserves for us the appointed weeks of the harvest. Okay? So Jeremiah rebuked the people of his day in Israel because they were not aware of what God was doing. They were all wrapped up in, their, in themselves and their own carnal concerns. They were blind and they were deaf to what God was saying and doing. Right? It says, he, it says they were defiant. They are rebellious. They are doing their own thing. They are so wrapped up in their own responsibilities, tasks. And I know we are busy. We are all busy. Right? But that doesn't, uh, that doesn't mean that we have to ignore the call of God. You may not be called to be an evangelist. You, will not be, you may not be called to be a missionary. But you are called to be a soul winner. Amen. Amen. So here, Jeremiah has to rebuke the people because they were ignoring God. They, they are not aware of what God is doing. What, what is really, um, um, what's that word? What is really um, pitiable? Is that the word? Pitiable. Like I, pitiful. Pitiful. Pitiable. That's a new word. <laughs> What is pitiful is to, you know, like you're awake, but you don't, don't know what's going around you, right? Like what's happening. And there are, there are people like that, right? They don't care. As long as my own small world is okay, I don't care about what's happening in the world. But eventually, you know, what's happening in the world will affect you, right? So like I said, why we, do we have politicians that do not believe in God? Why do we have 
politicians that put out all those rules and regulations and laws that is all against the Bible. Why? It is because the church has forsaken the authority, the position that we are supposed to have or what we are supposed to do. We are the one that placed those people there. Why do we have children now, kids now that, that are disrespectful to parents? Why do we have uh, children in, at school being indoctrinated with antichrist uh, 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 teaching and, 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 and shaping their mindset into uh, you know, being greedy and covetous and stuff like that? Why? Because we, the church, has left that decision to the unbelievers. And that's what God is saying about the kingdom of God. We need to take over. We need to take over. We need to take position and say through prayer, intercession, and also um, um, uh, training our young people, training our young kids at church from five years old, three years old, to know who they are in Christ, to know that they are valuable, to know that they are worthy, to know that God loves them, to know that they have a success, um, that God has a plan for them, and God's plan for them is to succeed, to, for them to be successful. Amen? So to know that they have a position in, uh, they have to take position as a child of God in every area of um, like government, education, we left that to the world. And now this is the result. But praise God, he is restoring it back, like what we have read in Joel chapter 2. So the rain is given for the harvest. And in fact, the Bible says there, he reserved for us the appointed weeks of the harvest. God has reserved the appointed time for the harvest. So if you are a farmer or one who works the land, you realize that the most critical, busiest season of the year is the harvest, when everybody has to be sent out. The most critical, busiest season of the year is the harvest. If you're a farmer, amen, and God is warning his people all the time, harvest is coming quickly. The harvest is coming quickly. The harvest is coming quickly. Amen? If you're dreaming to preach to a thousand people, if you're dreaming to get a platform to preach in the thousand people and not bothered to preach to one that sits or stands next to you or greets you every morning at work or you always sit there or see them at the train station when you catch the train, don't dream big until you are faithful to the little. Amen. There has been a long, slow process of maturing, maturing and preparation. But when the harvest comes, if you are not ready, you will not even know it has happened. Because it's going to come quickly. Amen. So remember, church, God's mercy is still being offered from the throne on this nation. On us. If the Christian of this nation does not respond to God, there is nothing ahead but desolation and judgment for this nation. And I believe God loves Australia. I believe God loves Australia. I'm Australian, but I am a citizen of heaven. And it's terrifying to think what will happen to this nation if in the next few years it does not accept this divine visitation of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is visiting us now. Holy Spirit is visiting us now. Holy Spirit outpouring is here now. And the spirit of Antichrist is at work everywhere in this nation, and not just in this nation, but in the nations of the world. We've seen that happen in America. We've seen that happen in Cuba. We've seen that happen in South Africa. Who would ever think 
that people will rise up and then, you know, break uh, business establishment, steal money and food from people, kill innocent people. This is the Antichrist working everywhere, not just in this nation, but in every nation, in our schools, in our government, even in churches. The church is so divided. They can even, they cannot even be united in one, in agree in one, right? Everyone thinks that they're better than the other one. Everyone thinks that they pray better than the other one. No, we need to be united. And the responsibility has been given to us, the church, to decide who will rule here. We have to decide who will rule here. If we love Australia, if you love your family, if you love your children's children, you need to pray for Australia now. And you need to start sharing the gospel to the people in Jesus' name. So we need to decide who will rule here. Is it Christ or the Antichrist? In Matthew 27, 21, Pilate, Pilate asked the people when Jesus Christ was being uh, 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 put into trial. He said, which of the two do you want me to release, Jesus or Barabbas? And, do you, and you all know whom the people chose. They chose Barabbas. Even though Barabbas was an agitator, he was an, a man of violence, and he was a professional protester. The people of Israel denied the Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ. They denied that Jesus is their king. And do you know what? Israel got what they chose. How many Caesars, how many emperors, how many kings, how many dictators have persecuted and oppressed the Jewish nation in 19 centuries? Because you get what you choose. Our country is filled with violence. Our country is filled with fear. Our country is, 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 the, is the, the spirit of fear. Everywhere you go, you call someone, the first thing they ask you, have you been vaccinated? What is that? Fear. Don't go out, you're not vaccinated. That's fear. The spirit of fear is everywhere. And it's filled and it's ripe for Barabbas because we chose Barabbas. We chose fear. But this is the end. Amen? This is the end. We will make a choice. You have a choice. This is God's hour of choice. Because this is God's hour of visitation. This is not a game for the church to play. There are many places in the Bible where God tells men and women to choose. In Deuteronomy 30.19, I will read it in New Living Translation. I'm not going to go to my Bible now. It's, it's in my laptop just because of the time. The Bible says, today, I have given you the choice between life and death. Who, am, who is God speaking to here? He is speaking not to the Israelite people, but he's speaking to us now. He's speaking to you now. Let me get your attention. Today, I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessing and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Wow. God is calling heaven and earth to witness what choice, what, what choice, what, who you're going to choose today. And he said, oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You choose life so that you and descendants might live. You want your children, your next generation, your children's children live an abundant life. You have to make the right decision today. Amen. Do you know what thought has gripped me? The idea has that, that God has given men to choose. In Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, the Bible says, Choose yourselves this day whom you will serve. And Joshua said, As for me and my house, 
we will serve the Lord. If you say you don't know whom you are serving, then you are serving the devil. Those who serve God walk in light and they know whom they are serving. Because in, in God, there is no darkness. Who Those that are walking in God is walking in the light. Amen. I believe that the time has come for us to make up our minds. What does God ask from us? He asks that we sell out to him. He asks that we commit ourselves to him without reservation. To do his will, to serve him, to believe and preach his word. God wants you without reservations, without strings attached. He wants you for his purpose. Remember, the rain was sent for the sake of the harvest. There is one simple condition to be part of this great move of God. We don't need to complicate it. We don't need to make it um, hard. It is simple. It is this and this alone. A total unreserved commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. That is all that is required. Australia needs the church to wake up. Australia, we need to wake up. Harvest Now Church, we need to wake up. We need to make, wake up. I'm calling every adult in Harvest Now Church. I'm calling every young people in Harvest Now Church. I'm calling every young adult in Harvest Now Church. Take responsibility. Be the man and the woman of God that, called, that has called you to be. Stand up for right. Stand up for what is truth. Stand up for your children. Stand up for the future of your children. Stand up with the word of God and God's heaven. God's word will back you up. Hallelujah. What place does Jesus have in your heart? The church has one Lord. His name is Jesus. The church has one head. His name is Jesus. The decision I had many years ago, I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, spirit, soul, and body for time and eternity. Jesus redeemed me by his blood when he died on the cross and I have given myself to him. Harvest is right at your door. And God is needing workers to cast the sickle of his word and reap. The time has come to reap for the earth is ripe. Jeremiah 8.20 says the harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. We don't want to hear that. We don't want to be caught up with our own thing. And then one day we decide, I want to be in the harvest field. And God says the door is closed. Don't be like the, 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 the unwise virgin who came back with their oil and then the door is closed. They cannot enter anymore. And God says that many will call me, Lord, 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 I've done this and I've done that. And God says, I never knew you. Depart from me. Ask yourselves, are you totally 100% for Jesus? Are you totally 100% for Jesus? What are you living for? What does life mean to you? Paul says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, for me to live is Christ. For me to live is Christ. For me to live is Christ. He didn't say for me to live is uh, experience the wealth of the riches of God. For me is to live is to experience the, the, the blessing, the prosperity. No, those all comes after you live for Christ. You live for Christ because Jesus is enough. Jesus said in John 11, 25, I am the resurrection, I am the life. In John chapter 10, verse 10, he said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. 
when you are committed to Jesus Christ, life is rich. Life is full. Life is exciting. That's why my life is rich. My life is full. My life is exciting. It is wonderful to be saved. It is wonderful to serve the Lord. I am not sorry that I dedicated my life to Jesus Christ. I am not sorry that I have friends that left me because I dedicated my life to Jesus Christ. So today, perhaps you may want to make a total dedication of your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. A firm, total commitment to Jesus Christ, the Lord of the harvest, to be a laborer in the harvest field. Jesus Christ said, the harvest is plentiful. But the workers are few. Would you be one of those laborers in the harvest field? If it's your desire to make that commitment of the, for the rest of your life to Jesus Christ, giving your life to Jesus Christ, then I would like to invite you and say this prayer with me. Hallelujah. Can I ask Larry? Thank you, Jesus. If you believe that you want to give your life to Jesus Christ now 100%, Right? You may be a Christian, you may be a member of Harvest Now Church, but you haven't really given 100%. I'm talking 100% full commitment to Jesus Christ. Does it mean you need to go to, to church every Sunday? That, no, that are all religious work. When you love Jesus Christ, you do what he says. Amen. And all those things will, you know, all these things shall be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God. So if you decide to make that commitment, giving your life to Jesus, and being part of the laborers in harvest field, in his harvest field. Pray this prayer with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I love you, and I thank you that I can stand before you as one of your people who desires to consecrate my life to Jesus Christ. Lord, I, stand, I take a stand in my authority as a believer in Jesus Christ, and I lose myself now from every bond, from every fetter, everything that would hold me back from this commitment to Jesus. I declare myself loose in the name of Jesus and I put myself in your hand, Lord Jesus. I put myself at your disposal. You are the Lord of the harvest. You are the head of all things of the church, which is your body, and I am your member. Lord, let me know from this moment onwards I have come under your control and that you are going to use me for your glory. Lord, I pray for the harvest. You said, therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Lord, I pray that you thrust me forth into the harvest field to be a laborer for you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And if you pray that prayer, please let us know. Send us a message. Put a comment. or We got an email there that you could send us a message and we can pray more for you. If you're a member of Harvest Now Church and you wanted to um, experience um, this, what you have prayed, come in, make it re re real in your life, then please go to any of your Lifehouse leaders, speak to them. We're more than willing to help you uh, train to be a soul winner. In the, la the next three weeks, we have five weeks for August, so we already have two weeks. So the next three weeks of August, I will endeavor to teach you how to uh, practical ways of winning souls. In Jesus' name. Okay, so yeah, let's just pray. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. We give you praise and glory, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. It's never too late, oh Lord God, for you 
when you resist your word and when people hear your word and they get convicted by the Holy Spirit to repent, turn their ways, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name, it's never too late for you, Lord God. As your word says that you will restore the years that the locust has taken from us and that you will pour out your rain. You will pour out rain from heaven, O oh Lord God, to supply us for everything that we need. And Father, there are people that are listening right now and will listen later on that, Lord, I believe the message has spoken into their hearts in Jesus' name. Just remember there is no therefore now condemnation, no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, that if you confess your sin, He is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all your unrighteousness. You have not missed the purpose and the plan of God. You still have an opportunity to live your life for the purpose of God's call and will for your life today. In Jesus' name. If you are that person, just, just say, Lord, I'm ready. Lord, I give my life to you. I am ready to be a soul winner. I'm ready to win souls for you. In Jesus' name, release me, O God. Thrust me into the harvest field with the anointing of your Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. That when I lay my hands to the sick, they shall recover. Lord, I will raise the dead, O Lord God. I will speak in other language. I will cast out serpents and demons in Jesus' name because I am the anointed one of God in the name of Jesus. And Father, we give you praise. We give you all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Bless your people, Lord God. Magnif Lord God, abundantly this week in the name of Jesus. And let the word that they have heard today, Father God, if they have missed something, Lord God, remind them. Lord God, steer that up into their spirit once again. In Jesus' name, in this week, oh Lord God, that they will become a bold, courageous soul winners for the kingdom of God. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. Hallelujah. His name is Prince of Peace, the mighty And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. 
and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are a soul winner. You will win soul this week. Amen. In Jesus' name, because you are anointed, you are appointed, and you are called by God in the mighty name of Jesus. God bless you, church. We love you, and Jesus is Lord. Amen. God bless you.